everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're going to be talking about Star Trek Enterprise's second season. We made it to the end, Clay. Yes. I, uh, I look forward to you reminding me what happened. 217 the- days, according to Kyle, who, listener Kyle, who counted, or at least went back and did the quick math on a calculator, took the, by far the longest of any season. We had Discovery Season 3 to pair this with. We had Lower Decks, which all feels like pre-COVID did- stuff, but it's been going. Did this also overlap with Picard? It might have overlapped with Picard. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Well, no, because I think they didn't. I, because I think we started Enterprise Season 2 in the middle of 2020, in June I or something. Okay. I think sure. Picard was early. Uh, but anyway, had a lot of, lot of overlap. Took a long time to get through it. You had you had a baby. I had a baby. In the time it took was it conceived? Yeah, was it conceived? <laughs> it was conceived and born in the time that it took to finish the Star Trek season. Um so yeah, we're going to just be doing our usual wrap-up thing here. Clay, me and you have been talking. Neither of us particularly remember the season all that well. Although, I'll ask you, mm. is that a product of the season or a product of the times that we live in? Uh, I think it's a product of my own, you know... Indifference. Retention. No, it's... <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I used to... I mean, I've probably said this before, but I, I used to have, like, a steel trap of useless memory of everything I've ever watched and could, you know, I could access it on an encyclopedic level. Um, But I think then I just watched more stuff and it just doesn't stick the way that it used to. Um, I also think I kind of ruined my my retention for this stuff when we were doing uh, uh, Jim, who's been on a couple of the Star Wars shows with us. He and I used to do a... um, 24-hour movie marathon, which then turned into a just a regular like week-long movie marathon after the 24 hours almost killed us the second yep. time we did it. And we watched so much stuff. We did it for six years on the uh, on the triple numbered date from two, 2000, June 6, 2006 to um, December 12, 2012. And just the sheer number of stuff that we watched, um, it, I, I remember like a third of it. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, I feel like I have not had the retention uh, for that stuff that I used to have. When you're younger, there's nothing more important to take up that space. You know? Sure. Now yeah. it's like you got yeah. bills. It's like the bill is going to knock out uh, Quicksilver's powers out of my head. Like it's just <laughs> that, that can't occupy the same well, space. It's funny. I, you know, it's certain things you don't realize until you obviously get older with this stuff where like i would ask i'd be talking about a movie and i'd ask my did you ever see this movie and my dad would be like i think so and i'd be like what do you mean you think so yeah i remember literally everything i've ever watched (laughs) and at the time i'm like 13 and have watched like two years worth of stuff not 40 years worth of stuff or 35 years worth of stuff at this point yep um so yeah some of it sticks some of it doesn't i get the uh, anytime uh usually a couple, a couple refreshers, and I'm and I'm right back in there with with the uh, enterprise. But we'll see. Maybe it's we'll a mark see. of the quality. We'll see how this goes. I, yeah. I think we should I think, instead of rating at this point, we should go through and how many hints <laughs> does it take Clay to remember what episode it was? I was considering that. I was actually thinking, and I was like, well, I don't want to. At, at a certain point, I'm sure the joke would run old, and maybe it just functions as a, as a better uh, idea or anything. But honestly, when I was going through this. I had to Wikipedia some of the episodes. Mm. It's like, what? what? Which one is this? What the hell is going on here? It doesn't help that Enterprise um, has probably the 
the least exciting episode titles out of all the shows too. It's it's a lot of like uh, we're looking early, but it's like anomaly, extinction, mm-hmm. the seventh, minefield. Is the seventh the seventh episode? It is the seventh episode. Okay, we're go- we're gonna have more to say. You actually repeated that joke from the episode itself because yeah. I listened. To- <laughs> well, you know what people like is they like to hear the hits. You know, it's not even a joke. I, we, we are just Neil Neil Peart was like. I compose these drum parts. I'm going to play them exactly the same because that's what people want to do. And uh, just it's an interesting mindset. It reminds it me, to me. It reminds me of this time, this one time that I went down to Jamaica and I ordered this <laughs> <laughs> macaroni and cheese. It just changes the food up every single yeah. time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about Enterprise. Second season. I put a poll up on YouTube. A um, hundred and some odd people responded to it saying that 65% or something last I checked was that season two was better than season one. Does that ring true to you? Um, I could try and give you a bullshit answer, but I honestly don't remember. Uh, I, uh, if I'm looking at these, I don't think the, I season one to me is more of an enterprise show. Mm -hmm. And I think that the general problem with season two is that, it kind of felt like it moved away from its premise quite a bit, and it just became generic Star Trek episode season. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have the charm of um, Breaking the Ice in the first season or mm-hmm. Fortunate Son or even, like, the uh, Andorian and Vulcan stuff. Like, it, it kind of abandons all that and it moves into episodes like Marauders, Night in Sick Bay, Dead Stop, which are all varying in quality and everything. But... um just looking at the the chart here, obviously you can see that it went through a tremendous terrible section in the middle of it, where we mm-hmm. went from Night and Sick Bay all the way down to Precious Cargo is a pretty rough stretch of red right there. Uh, we talked about how Night and Sick Bay to the seventh was maybe the worst stretch of Star Trek we'd seen since doing this because it's the first time there have been three consecutive ones in any series, mm. um, which is pretty impressive, all things considered. It kind of recovered towards the end. I walk away from this season, and I know it's been a long time trying to remember it, but um, especially since we've already recorded a couple season three episodes, seasons one and two of the show just have no direction to them is the real big problem. There's like no backstory that you want to sink your teeth into. They try with the Vulcans and the Andorians. They try with the Temporal Cold War. None of that stuff is interesting or good. And so... After a certain point, it just became really C minus to D plus Star Trek episodes mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again, and even towards the end here, like I'm not, I'm not telling anybody about even Cogenitor. I don't think like Cogenitor isn't making my top ten Star Trek list. You know, it's a good episode, sure, but sure. it's not, it's not on there. Uh, you can take it anywhere from that. So that's that's my general takeaway of the season is that I'm in in a year from now. These two seasons of Enterprise are going to be my least memorable seasons of of Star Trek that we've covered so far. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, it's funny to look at to look at these numbers. Season two has three ones in a row, and then a two. Like that that big chunk is mostly ones and twos, but it's actually more. Cons- it's it's weird because the first season seems to have is more consistently subpar yeah subpar whereas season two is a little bit more all over the place for us um they you get like we only had 
won five in season. Uh, only I had a five. Well, I guess you, you've yet to do a five. I've never, never given a five to an enterprise. Yeah. Um, but we didn't know. Neither of us had a one in season one, and most of our ratings kind of match up. It's either like a two or a three. Yep. And it kind of it kind of puts to the test the idea that is a show that is more consistent better is 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 a show that's more cons- uh, subpar but more consistent better than a show that fluctuates all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I don't know. I don't think it is because if you're going through a section like in season one where we've got, uh, at least on my end, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine twos, a three, and a five. Like that <laughs> that five is going to stand out a lot more because it's surrounded by mostly twos and a three. Yeah. You know? Um so yeah, it's it seems like the it seems like at least in season one the high points were like kind of an oasis. They were, yeah. Um, there's not there's not many of them, as you yeah, say. I season, mean, like, season, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say season one. It's mostly twos after the the high point, which is Dear Doctor. It's mostly twos, and then we end on a four. And I don't know if that four is a legit four or if it's just <laughs> we have to go back and re, re, re yeah. uh, recalibrate ourselves. I would agree that season two is definitely up and down much more. Um, I think in general, I would prefer a show to be up and down mm-hmm. more than just a consistent three the whole way through. Certainly for the podcast, I think that it's a better outcome to be highs and lows. I think that um, I don't think that Enterprise's highs are that high. I think it has no. tremendously low lows is the problem. Yeah. Um, so I, I just walk away from this thinking it was two seasons of Star Trek that didn't really stick with me. And I think in general, I just prefer the first season because maybe it was more novel when we were watching it because it was a new season off of DS9. Maybe the show actually did a better job of exploring what it means to be an Enterprise show. And the second season didn't do that. And maybe that's why I consider it more memorable. But I just I have a, a fondness for episodes like Breaking the Ice, which isn't even very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I just remember them like chasing the comet and walking on it and being like impressed by that and being like, oh, that's kind of a neat enterprise take on things. Mm. Season two doesn't really have a lot of that. Um, and the best examples like Cogenitor, they make a good episode that's also a good Star Trek Enterprise episode at the same time. And it kind of it, it achieves off of that level. But I don't know. It's hard. And when I was making the highs and lows of this season, I remember the highs. I'll be interested if you're the same. I don't remember the lows whatsoever, which... um to me, fits into our thing of um, the worst Star Trek episode you could have is forgettable in some ways. Like mm-hmm. everyone said, everyone piles on uh, Prophet and Lace, which is the cross-dressing Ferengi episode from DS9. Sure, sure. I remember Prophet and Lace, though. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, I'd be like, oh, yeah, they, they had Quark cross-dress for that episode. That was not a good idea. But I remember it. Do you remember what the seventh was? Do you remember what happened in that episode? Uh, I, the one I, after I, the sixth. I said in that in the opening, it's the worst episode of Enterprise we've seen, and it's a top ten contender for all time worst Star Trek episodes. And you agreed at the time. I, and now, now neither of us remember what happened in that looking, episode. Looking at those three ones, I remember Marauders only specifically because it's the Western. Yep, Magnificent I, Seven ripoff. Yeah, I don't remember Night and Sick Bay. 
I very very vaguely is that like does everybody get weird or something? Night in sick bays, yeah. Flox is in the uh, someone gets sick, right? And then it's it's the dog gets sick, and Flox is taking care of him, and Archer has to keep coming in uh, looking for him and things like that. And Flox is chasing butterflies and stuff like that. So oh the, uh, sure, yes. Yeah. The seventh gun to my head could not tell you what that episode was. The seventh is the Bruce Davison episode where T'Pol hunts down an ex-Vulcan oh, guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she shoots him in the back at the very end. Archer says, shoot this right. guy. We both said it was the top ten worst episodes of Star Trek we've ever seen. It was... I, li- I re-listened to the podcast, and we were incredibly annoyed by that episode, but now I just don't remember. <laughs> well, to be fair, and this maybe this is just me, I was going back and looking at the, the high points, and I was like, well, I remember Cogenitor. Regeneration, I assume, is the Borg episode? Yes. Judgment? Is that the one where he has to stand trial at the, with the Klingons? Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, stigma. Remind me what that one is. It's about a disease. It's a metaphor for a disease. The Vulcan AIDS episode. Oh, right. Vulcan AIDS. And then Dead uh, Stop is our next Universal Four. Do you remember that one? You might not remember it by the title, but you remember the episode, I'm sure, because you've mentioned it as a favorite. It's the one with the, uh, the sentient station that repairs the ship. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, and our biggest difference is Carbon Creek, which I liked and you didn't like at all. So... What's that to say about anything? Yeah, well. Let's get into the best and worst of the episodes, and then we'll do uh, updated power rankings for the characters. If anything, anything, it really goes to to show the value of uh, the Friends episode naming system, which just gives you the lead-in really easily by saying the one where X. That's uh, when I was was going through my my Simpsons rewatch years ago, I was listening to the... the, um, commentaries in the dvds and they were uh the writers were talking about how early on in the show the episodes didn't have official uh titles it wasn't until much later that they started giving them titles yeah so that a lot of the early ones are named like lisa gets a pony because it yep. was just whatever was written on the, the note card that was the genesis of the title yeah so you end up getting pretty generic stuff but it tells you what it's about pretty clearly so yeah seinfeld's is good too uh jerry was a stickler he liked the he wanted every episode to be the something, so it's like oh, sure. the pen, the contest, yeah. the whatever. Um, but they do a pretty good job of being descriptive, and you remember for how generic they are, like the contest, you remember what the Seinfeld episode is about that, yeah. and the, the Hamptons and stuff. I, I guess it depends on what you're looking for out of a title, because I don't know if the pretension that comes along with a lot of traditional Star Trek titles really makes it any more memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I just think the, they're cool to read. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's the? Is it the? Is it Deep Space Nine that has the one that's like a bunch of Latin? Yeah, Sigma, they have Sigma, uh, Sigma, Inter Arma Unium Silent Legacy. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't tell you what that's about, but I. I it's a great I'm, episode. We yeah, should go I, back and rewatch. That. <laughs> yeah, listen to our coverage on it and tell me what, what I think. Uh, TOS has the famous one for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky, which is cool <laughs> but meaningless. Isn't um, that? It wasn't that an emo band from the. <laughs> Mid-2000s? That's my favorite chemical romance song of all time, yeah. We gave uh we both gave this season a two point seven three out of five for a season average, which wow. is slightly higher That's than amazing. season one. Uh we took different paths to get there, but we we both arrived at the same spot. It's slightly better than season one, obviously. It's I have the I'll look it up in a little bit. Um I do the season rankings and I'll tweet them out as well, but it's it's middling, low middling is where this one ended up. Um so let's go to What's first? Is first best? Best. 
Number one, let's go janitor. I do this. This is just our basic math. That's all I arrived at. If I had to fiddle them, I fiddled uh, with it a little bit. But it's co-genitor because it's the only one that you give a five and I give a four. It's our best of the season. Do you disagree with that? No. Co-genitor is probably the best Enterprise episode so far, right? Yeah. I, I think so. I think I think what's interesting is is the, the two high points, uh, co-genitor and Dear Doctor, are kind of in the same ballpark as far as the stuff that they're they're tackling. Yeah. Um, and what it does is it takes the best thing about Star Trek, really, which is you strip away the spaceships and the lasers and stuff. What you get down to is interesting science fiction concepts that lead to a moral dilemma, basically. Yeah. And that's what both of these episodes are. And I think that's why Enterprise overall feels so, um middling is because there's so much potential to reinvent that idea with the uh the time frame that it takes place in and the the different characters that are possible but they really just you know try to they're they're just they're just hitting to bunt or hitting to get on base here they're not they're not trying to maximize their uh, their whip no, know, there's no power. Yeah. No, no power here. It's just just making contact, trying to get on base. Yeah, I'd agree. It's um. So when they go- do, when they do something like this, which those two episodes both feel like classic Star Trek episodes, they re- it really stands out. Yeah, I I would agree. I I think it's just it's the best case of being an Enterprise episode and a decent episode of star trek at the same time uh, it's rare that it happens i think they executed it pretty well as well as enterprise can do anything um and i don't know if there's really much else to say about that it, it's far and away my favorite episode or the best one that i think of the uh the season mm-hmm. moving on to number two i should have gone the other way but we'll go this way just because it's the way that the spreadsheet comes out judgment is my number two the klingon episode mm. this is this is where things start getting strange because it's like that was okay is that number two? You know, it's a it's a draft with LeBron at the top, and then you're like, all right, I don't know what's left. Uh, anybody, any of the next five are fine. Hey, but man, I'll go with judgment. Tom Brady was picked sixth. That's right. That's we get a lot of seasons to get through. Part of his Paul Bunyan esque origin story. Judgment. Do you remember Judgment? Are you uh, are you going to walk away thinking Judgment was a good episode of Enterprise this season? I'm outside of the trial thing. I'm. Is it? Could you just give me a quick refresher on that one? Judgment is he gets caught, goes on trial, and they bring him to Rurapente, where he is in the es- mines. He escapes, and, right? Yeah, and he escapes. Okay. But he meets um, the uh, he meets um, J.G. Hertzler as the Klingon uh, counselor. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I remember that one being pretty good, but clearly it didn't make that much of an impression. Yeah, you know, of I, I wonder if if. A f- an Enterprise Four is like, you know, it f- TNG three. Yeah, DS9 sometimes 3. it feels like. A, 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 this is going to be really dismissive sounding, but it sometimes it feels like a child who manages to color inside the lines really well, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. That's a nice color combination, and it's all kind of like <laughs> looks like a picture. Well sure. done, yep. you know. Um, yeah, it's I. I don't know if I would say that it feels like a, it feels like a steep drop from from the first one. 
Let's go down to the second one, which is Dead Stop. I might have gotten these backwards based on our response. I think I might remember Dead Stop more than Judgment. I agree. Point. I definitely do, yes. Would you, would you be okay with bumping Dead Stop to number two at this point? If you were to bump, would you switch the places of these two? Based purely on my recollection, yes. <laughs> I think I would too. And I think, I think our recollection matters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Dead Stop. I, I thought that was a, that's a cool enterprise being creepy concept sure and you know the station is sucking dry the crew members brains in order to be the super repair station Mm -hmm. it's just kind of creepy and neat and kind of a weird thing that you'd run into yeah good sci-fi story yeah it's a good sci-fi story judgment is good judgment's probably a a case of better execution but the story not being on the story is very undiscovered country really yeah i was just gonna say it's star trek sex basically yeah, um, maybe I'll it, maybe I'll switch them. So we'll do that in in real I time. I do remember there being some interesting moral stuff with the between Archer and the his defense attorney. Yep. But yeah, outside of that, it's uh it's not really doing much decent, for my memory. Decent monologues. Yeah. Number four, I have regeneration, the Borg <laughs> episode. Feels it feels okay for me yeah, right it's here. Fine. I think. It was an okay it was <laughs> It was an okay episode. I'm realizing it's hard to break them down, but it's just that was, these are sort of sorted by just, we both gave them high rankings at that point. Like it's our only, there's only a couple that we both gave four. So this knocks it up. Would you say that regeneration is worse than the others? Or would you push this ahead of something like judgment at this point? Um, I respect no, regeneration for how yeah. they brought the Borg in and did it in mm-hmm. a way that makes total sense. And I think that's kind of an accomplishment. That's the real reason I think it's in a top 10 position here. Yeah, I would say so. I think I would choose judgment just based on the the moral dilemma that they play with. I, I think I find more interesting than yeah. how do we get the Borg onto, into Enterprise. I'd agree. I'm happy with leaving regeneration there. Mm-hmm. And our number five is... Also, before I forget, uh, can can someone who's watching slash listening find out if uh what was the episode we just covered uh season three anomaly anomaly if anomaly is the first time a crew member dies because we've kind of been going back and forth and i we don't know it feels like episode was the first episode where someone on the enterprise dies does anyone on the crew on the crew because in regeneration the the guys from the 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 campsite Arctic, they die, or at least one of them dies. But I don't think any of the crew die, and I can't remember another case where someone on the ship dies. So, would, would you consider just kind of a nitpick here? Would you say if someone, if a crew member is captured by the Borg and Borgified, are they dead? Is that crew member killed? I mean, if if they don't come back, I would say yes. Okay, that's fine. Uh, last one, number five is Stigma. It's our only other. Both of us gave it fours, so it sneaks in here. Um, you didn't remember it. I, I re- remember it, but I don't. I don't find it memorable, really. Yeah. Um, I remember it being the AIDS allegory, mm-hmm. and that's about it. I only remember the concept and not anything that happens in the episode. I have a memory of it being slightly off the mark in its analogy. I don't remember exactly in what sense, but I remember having a feeling like coming away thinking like there it was not the one-to-one that it thought it was mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the way that T'Pol was being treated or something. I can't exactly remember what it is, but I'm sure someone who's just listened to that episode can tell me. But 
Skip whatever says I someone, said. Someone it's, dies in season one, but he's wrong. I'm sorry. That didn't mean to interrupt. But, oh, no. Uh, I was just going to say whatever I said, I'm sure it was brilliant. So, Oh, is Flox's wife the stigma plot line? It is. Flox's wife is in stigma. Maybe that's more memorable than... Um, yeah. Than, oh, than, yes. Than, no, that's way more memorable than the Vulcan AIDS <laughs> thing. Yeah. This is Flox. Maybe that's why that deserves to be number five. Are you happy with those one, two, three, four, five? So we have counting down at stigma, regeneration, judgment, dead stop, and cogenitor. I kind of like that. I think Dead Stop is better than Judgment. Is, in my... uh, catwalk is the one where they all hang out in the Catwalk, right? Yeah, yeah. Hence the title. With, with Yeah, with Red Said Fred. Yeah, they yeah. hang out because they're going through a storm of some kind and they have to survive in there. Uh, no one knows who. No one knows the death that I've seen, so we'll just move on. So that's it for the best. Let's go to the worst. The seventh is the worst. I know I'm doing this backwards, but this is the way that the uh, the Excel works out. The seventh is the worst episode. We both said it was potentially a top ten worst Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neither of us can remember. I listened to the podcast. We didn't like. Um, we thought the character motivations were all wrong. We thought that the flashbacks were terrible. We thought that it was another example of what Enterprise used to do a lot more than it currently does, which is that they make things a mystery because a character does not tell anyone what they know about what's going on, which mm-hmm. is a huge part of that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has that weird scene where they chase Bruce Davison and he hides under the table and then peers out at them and then runs away. Mayweather goes down with them for no reason and has no lines. He's just in the background of a couple of scenes with Trip and Archer or Archer and T'Pol. And then it has that goofy, they set the floor on fire with acid or something. So she straps the seatbelts to her feet and runs across the parking lot to the shuttlecraft. I'm Do sorry. Remember? Did I have a stroke just now? What? What? The seventh is one of my top ten worst episodes of Star Trek, and therefore it wins this competition. Could you about the worst could you episode. just reiterate what you just said? I do not remember that at all. She straps. We, we, she she has to run across. To feet. She has to run across the parking lot to get to the shuttle, and they have poured acid or something out there. Mm-hmm. So she straps some like fabric seat belts to her feet and runs across the ice to get over to it. It's oh, absurd. okay. Yeah. That sounds vaguely familiar. I mean, I don't. I think your description is more interesting. What they actually did, but and Neuralimo says the ship was on acid or something, so they needed to protect their feet, and they lost their shoes. If the <laughs> ship was on acid, it would be a much more interesting show. Yeah, that's what that's what Enterprise is actually missing. So that's the worst. I'll keep moving down here. Keep this moving. Marauders. This is the second worst. We always reference Marauders as a terrible mm-hmm. episode in all the other podcasts. Um, I remember it because it's so derivative and terrible and boring. I yeah, that's what sticks out to me about this one, and I honestly think if this is if Marauders is not rated lower than the seventh, it has to be that the seventh was just just like a terrible episode, like just yeah. all all points. Yeah, because the thing with that with Enterprise that makes it so difficult is most of the shows are put together fairly well. Um, yes. There's not a lot of drop off or quality issues as far as performances or the way the show looks or shot or even how the stories work. I mean, scripts are usually functional. Yeah, just boring. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're usually missing that extra oomph. Um, the seventh, I have to assume, based on that, was just a failure on all levels. But Marauders, it was definitely just Enterprise on lazy autopilot. Yeah. I have the I have the seventh out low. Just 
We hated it on the podcast, and we don't remember it. I just can't imagine a worse combination of a Star Trek episode yeah. where it's it's unmemorable and bad at the same time. Yeah, Marauders is pretty terrible too. I, Night and sick bay. Um, I have, I don't remember what season this is, so I'll wait until we finish this before I bring it up. But a Night and sick bay. Um, <clears throat> that is, yeah, they're they're running around. Midsummer, it's Midsummer Night's Dream, as Jason has mentioned in the thing. It's that version of uh, the Enterprise episode where they're running around. The dog is sick, and Archer's upset about the dog being sick. Right. Um, it ends with sleep. that chainsaw ceremony where he's like chainsawing the tree. <laughs> Yeah. What a weird fucking show. <laughs> I don't have a problem with this episode. People always put this one as like a top worst Star Trek episode, but I thought it was just stupid um, and not functionally idiotic or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep moving. Communicator. Do you remember this episode? <laughs> Uh, this, this is the one where Reed or someone leaves the communicator on the planet that is... Oh, right. Yeah. Vaguely militaristic again. Yeah. It's another... Yeah. No, that that episode was terrible. That's, a, that's another terrible one. Um, <clears throat> that on was my, one... If I remember correctly, that was one where we were like, it's the most... Con- it's a very contrived setup where what they did to get into the situation made no sense and how they yep. ended up fixing it made even less sense yep and it's just beige 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 for the rest of it the yeah archer yeah. and trip or whoever being tied to chairs and made to tell them where the aliens came from or something like that the last one bounty we just watched bounty it's the uh to paul gets horny for flocks and Archer gets kidnapped and taken away for a bounty. <laughs> I didn't think that one was that bad, but I think that's one of those examples of it's memorable because of the flocks into Paul storyline is so strange that they chose to do that. It's not a good episode, but it is what it is. It's going to make it on number five of my worst. Yeah. I think, I think the problem with a lot of these bad ones is that they aren't explicitly terrible. Like I said, the, the, the production is usually pretty good and the scripts are usually, like you said, functional but they leave so much on the table that could have made it better interesting and they just don't go for it and this one is just kind of it never it never gets past the initial idea of wouldn't it be wouldn't it be funny if to paul went into heat and was stuck in a room with flocks yeah it's like cool what's the story well i don't that's it that's it okay cool why do you need more than that (laughs) The top five worst from five to worst is Bounty, The Communicator, A Night in Sick Bay, Marauders, and The Seventh. I think I'm fine with that. So what I was going to say, because I didn't want to ruin it if it was one of these, what's the episode with the sexy slug? Is that from the first season where they go camping? Oh, yes. that's um, and Archer falls in love with the woman who turns out to be a slug person. <laughs> Rogue Planet. Okay. First, All right. Okay. That's on, that's on the worst. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember where that landed, but... J- I knew it wasn't one of the ones on, on the worst of list for this one. So That's it. We'll do, uh, I guess we'll do another, just a quick thing here. We are running a little bit longer than I thought, but uh, power rankings quickly for the characters. We'll start at the worst. Who are the worst two characters on this show with the main cast? Um, Mayweather and I only say Mayweather just for screen time's sake because they, they literally don't know what to do with him. Koshi? Um, yeah, probably. I just generally don't really care for Reed. Yeah. Like, I, I find the stuff they do with Hoshi more interesting than anything they've done with Reed. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, I guess it would probably be Hoshi. With our, th- those those three are probably at the bottom for me. And no, Ockrest, uh Precious Cargo is not on the worst because that episode is memorable. It's the one with the the, the lady from Top Chef, oh, <laughs> and and it's it's goofy as hell and very silly. Um, yeah, I. Um, I think that. I think it's Mayweather. It might be Hoshi for me at this mm-hmm. point. I, I don't think they've done anything with Hoshi. I think Mayweather's had one or two episodes at least. Hoshi had that one where she went invisible, but I, I can't That's think true. of anything else outside of that. Th- those two are definitely the worst after that. Would you, would you put Reed? I would put Hoshi, Mayweather, Reed would be the bottom three, I think. Yeah, I would agree. That's like the flotsam and jetsam or whatever. They can just drift off to sea, and it's not a big deal for the at show. This po- at this point, I'd put the head of the Makos above yeah. Reed and Hoshi <laughs> and Mayweather. And he's been different in each episode that we've seen. Yeah. Um, after that, you've got, I guess you'd have Phlox, Paul, Trip, Archer. Yeah. Um, I think Chapal is probably number two, if not number one. You'd put her, you'd put her number one. So uh, well, I, I think it's it's tough to put anybody, despite who's the weakest of those four. Then, of those sorry. four, to, to, to Paul Archer, Trip. Who's the other one? Flocks. <sighs> to Paul Archer, tri, uh, Trip, and Flocks. I would say, again, if it's a screen time thing, I think they're not doing that much with Flocks, even though I do think he's the best character. Yep. I don't think he's getting a lot of screen time and a lot of interesting stuff with him. Um, yeah, it's tough. That's a tough tough. It's hard to say any uh, I'd put Archer, Archer at the bottom or the top. I'd put Archer at that fourth spot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um I think he's the weakest of those characters and he gets the most screen time, but I'm kind of just basing this on like what they've done with the character to this mm-hmm. point and I think it's Archer. Uh Archer could be replaced and I feel like it's less impactful to the show than the other three being replaced in some way. Yeah, it's a tough thing. I, it's a tough thing to jive out, but I I would say it's a coin flip, it, replaceability with him and Trip. I don't really think Trip is that special. Uh, We're in for a in for a surprise here. Number three for me would be <laughs> to Paul. Number three would be to Paul at yeah. that point. Number okay. two would be Flocks, mm-hmm. and number one I would have Trip. Really, who's my favorite, who's my favorite character of the show so far? Yeah. Really, I think he's a good combination of. The character makes sense in the show, and the actor playing him is good at playing him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they've fucked up Trip in any way. I think yeah. all the other characters, maybe except for Flox, but Flox doesn't have nearly as much screen time as Trip does. Um, I think T'Pol is badly played sometimes, and I think Archer is badly done and written and played sometimes. So I just like, yeah, I'm a sucker for Southern accents, and when when Florida gets lit lit up, it really devastates me. Well, I mean, what what you're saying is much like the show, the the character who is just the most consistent ends up standing out. Yeah, I mean that's true. If if I was drafting a Star Trek All Star squad, and they're like, you have to pick an Enterprise character to appear on your show, mm-hmm. I think I'd go Trip. I think I, really? I think yeah, like as an engineer, I think he's a I think he's a pretty solid engineer to have on the show too. You know. 
Mm. The show doesn't really focus on his engineering all that much, but he is the engineer. So that would be have we have we ever done that? That would be kind of fun to do. A I'm Star waiting. Trek I'm waiting for more series draft. to finish. Yeah, so that we yeah. could do a, a draft of the actual. Yeah, what do we like? If we had to draft our own show with the characters who exist there and stock up a ship, who would it be? Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, you would probably be better. I would pick that the same way I pick fantasy anything, which is like that's a name I know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was good seven years ago. I'm sure he's still great today. Right. Yeah, exactly. Who's your Who's your number one? Big. I I feel like I feel like it's to Paul. Just because I I think I think the stuff that they're giving her to do is is they're kind of pushing her around a bit, and uh, uh, she's getting some interesting things to play with. Um, Archer Archer is tough to not put there just because. They are also putting him through a lot of different situations, but the thing that kneecaps him is that he's there's not really doing anything interesting in them. Yeah, um, he's just sort of there, and they're they're playing it kind of down the middle. Um, I think which, the performance suffers for him yeah. too. That's a yeah. that's a that's a big knock for me. And we're we're a couple episodes into this, the third season at this point, so we have thoughts about it after this. Have goes a lot up, of we'll, him tilting his head down, <laughs> talking about. Things that lines he has to cross. A lot of lines, a lot of morals have to be broken. I'll be putting up the uh, early access to the Zindi in the Discord after this. It's about what he's willing to do. All right, we're done wrapping up Enterprise. That's it. Thank you very much. Not a great season of Star Trek. Not a great season of the show, I don't think, in general. Here's a question. Not not saying, you know, if you wanted to introduce someone to Enterprise, because, you know, we were like, oh, well, dear doctor, cogenitor, if you want to show someone an episode, that would be good. Would you, if someone was like, Star Trek, give me a, a, a poo-poo platter of Star Trek episodes, would you pick anything that we've seen so far from Enterprise? No. Yeah. Same. Which, which is kind of impressive. It's the, uh, mm. it's the not picking a number in Kino thing like if you pick enough numbers and you don't get any of them right you win because it's oh, hard okay, to not sure. get a single yes. number yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that I wouldn't pick any Enterprise episode and I wonder if the audience would agree with that it's I mean I'm also very unfamiliar with Enterprise as I've said I have not seen this show uh, all the way through before I think I'd only seen a couple of the first season but I don't think it's my lack of familiarity I think it's just the lack of interest in what the yeah. show chooses to do with itself yeah. yeah and i've said it i've said it a, a bunch of times so i won't go into depth about it but it's like it had it had a lot of potential it has a lot of potential to be a really interesting show given the setup of it and you know the first first starship doing all the stuff for the first time the mistakes they make along the way what they learn all that kind of stuff but they never never really go out of their way like there's a few episodes that i think with a couple tweaks could be one of those episodes where it's like if you want to get into Star Trek, you do have to see these two episodes of Enterprise because they are fundamental to the idea of the show, kind of thing, and they really yep. get to the heart of of what the show's about. But a couple of people but, just mentioning season four that they would do this for sure. I'm yeah, sure some okay. season four episodes, but nothing that we've seen so far. We'll see. We will in two years when we get <laughs> two there. Fucking years. All right, let's open it up to the uh, the audience here. If anyone has any questions or anything that we want to talk about, we'll see how it is. But um, season three is being recorded as we speak. The episodes are going to continue to come out on Thursdays until I settle down a little bit. And we can get more. Go back to the two a week. Although I do love the one a week schedule uh, with this show because it 
uncrams our schedule to be able to actually yeah. do the Patreon and stuff like that in a reasonable time frame. Um, what are we most looking forward to or hoping for going into season three? We This is a little bit spoiled because we know the two episodes, but if you want to mm-hmm. go ahead, Clay, with this one. Um, I'm looking forward to the potential of pushing Archer into a more uh, militaristic kind of uh, element because he does have uh, – a little spoiler for the episodes we have covered. I I was saying I've always liked the potential of the Starfleet captain who is juxtaposed with someone who is not quite up to – doesn't have the the same beliefs as as Starfleet might – uh, might have like pre- previously I mentioned Reed being that character, which is not something they do, but which I wish they did. Um, I still think there's room to do that. They haven't so far in the two that we've watched, but I still think there's room to play with that stuff. So I hope they get into that gray area and what the gray area means a little bit more. Um, just cause it's interesting. Yeah. For me, the big thing, and it's a little bit of what we saw in the first couple episodes is that, um, Giving the show a purpose has mm. completely energized the show in the first couple of episodes. Not that the first couple of episodes of season three are like fives where we're like, what the fuck was that? That was unbelievable. Right. But the show feels really different when there's a mission behind things. And it's not this. It makes you just go back on the second season and realize the ship is just kind of like aimlessly wandering around. Yeah. You know, it's like. What are they doing? What are they doing out there? They're occasionally finding things that they find are interesting, but it's not like they. They don't have an, even a direction from Starfleet of like go that way as far as possible and see what is, is out there. They're just meandering around looking at stuff, and it's like you don't appreciate it in uh, until you notice that it's not there. And then once they insert something that's going on in the show, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Like there's actually stakes here and stuff like that. Based it's, on how quick they get back to Earth, it seems like they were just like hanging around the edge of the solar system and really didn't. Yeah. make it that far out at all <laughs> um it's amazing though it's amazing how that stuff really does help though i mean you surprise surprise having a something to a go point. after yeah right yeah yeah uh skippy says weston clay is unmemorable as enterprise has been would you say it's more or less painful than disco or picard i think it's less painful to watch but yeah it's very difficult to qualitatively compare them to each other um Enterprise does not annoy me in the way that those shows do, but it doesn't, I don't even think those shows thrill me, but it doesn't, Enterprise doesn't um, excite me either. Mm. But I don't know if those shows do that really either. So I don't know if anything about it is that, but I, I'm much happier watching the Enterprise episodes and talking about them than the disco episodes especially after the first three disco episodes we do where you kind of get, you're in the, you're having fun making fun of the show. And then you're like, Oh shit, there's like eight more of these that are exactly the same as this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. That's the difference for me. Yeah. um, I would say they're easier to watch because of all the things that we've talked about where it's like, it's perfectly serviceable television. That's just, it's fine. There's not a lot that bad going on there's not a lot great going on they go down pretty easy but i do find them kind of they don't really stand out to me either 
Whereas Discovery, for all its faults, is never um, not an engaging watch for me. I, re- I remember Discovery, at least. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For for better or worse, really, yeah, yeah. it's that's not a mark of quality. Uh, it's not like you know the uh, the saying in wrestling is the worst the the worst response you can get is no response at all. So you know just whether people are cheering you or booing you because they hate you and not like in a fun way, they seem to really not know the difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so art enterprise doesn't hasn't really it's it's easy to watch, but. Um, I actually, despite what it sounds like on the show, I actually kind of enjoy watching Discovery. Yeah. I enjoyed Discovery more than I enjoyed Picard. Picard was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Discovery. Why, why, why do you see the difference there? I find them. I find them identical, except that I know Picard, and therefore I like that show better, just be, based on that. I think. I think it's just because it's like you're you're hoping for more out of Picard, and the yes. fact that it was just such a dud. And we is, know them. We we know the Borg. We know Picard. I guess there there is a unmet expectations because you know them, and it's it's the uh, fourth season of Arrested Development where I'm like, I wish this didn't exist because this yeah, kind of blights yeah. what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Discovery, like I'm always interested in what crazy shit they're gonna do because mm-hmm. they're gonna do it, and you're gonna go, what are they doing? And it's I find it interesting to watch, and it's you know I I get. The I've said before the visuals of the show are fantastic, so it doesn't really bother me that much. It's a good, it's a it's a nice show to look at, but but yeah, Picard was just so the expectations and hopes were high, and what they delivered was Patrick Stewart doing a French accent in an eye patch <laughs> in a nightclub. So <laughs> I don't want to miss Tim who uh, super chatted here very generously. Thank you, Tim. Uh, do you think they should have added a new admiral or a new captain for the mission into the expanse? We talk about this a bit. We are both enamored with the Makos uh, that yeah. are now a part of this. So we don't. Yeah. I don't need a new admiral or a new captain. They added enough by adding these Mako soldiers who are with the crew. Yeah, I think I think that's where the potential lies. Is you've got Starfleet, you've got a Starfleet captain who's trying to do Starfleet stuff for the first time, and then he's thrust into the situation where he's got. The other person on his shoulder is a more militaristic group that's like, well, you know, we could shoot him. Very proto-Federation. The yeah. values that are before this sort of uh, Garden of Eden Federation values thing took hold. A more modern militaristic approach of like, secure the area, mm-hmm. don't do anything risky, don't leave anyone behind kind of a thing. And yeah, you've, yeah. Got, you've got the potential for what I was hoping season three of Discovery would be, which is there's no Federation... Show us why the Federation matters by by stressing those ideals. That's what made Deep Space Nine so good. Is it's yep. not that it was the least Starfleety or Federationy of the shows. It's that they put those ideals to the test and and pushed on them to see which one of them, which which of them bended, which of them broke, and which of them were rock solid. Eric Sanchuan Network says, "Why do you guys hate Scott Bakula so much?" No, but seriously, is it the character or the actor? I like the actor, but he is limited as a utility player in what he can do. And as Archer, he's not very good. I think I've said before, he would be better as the chief engineer of the ship. I think he has that kind of an attitude and energy. He's um, nothing against... I think he's a fine actor if he's cast in the right role. But yeah. he is not a insert into any show and you've got a hit because Scott's coming to town. It's He's not that kind of an actor. Yeah, looks great without a shirt on, though. He does, yeah. It's, it's uh, early, early 2000s, uh, great physique. Yeah, when there's still a little bit of that 
old style left where it's like that guy looks like he's in shape instead mm-hmm. of the you know post fight club Brad Pitt emaciated uh, the one of the dehydrated one of the, muscle look <laughs> I, I said I've watched the uh, 92 Royal Rumble recently on YouTube <laughs> and the comments are good and it's just like the comment is just like Ric Flair looks like he's both in shape and out of shape at the same time yes. <laughs> it's that kind of a thing yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah, I I don't I think he's a fine actor. I just think he's miscast in this. I don't think he's he I don't think he has what the role needs. And I think based on what I've seen so far in season 3, it's not helping. Quick quick uh pop quiz for you, Clay. Oh jeez. Rank the rank the captains we've seen. Kirk, rank the Picard, Cisco, seen. Archer. Kirk, we haven't Picard, seen another series, right? Cisco Archer. No, I, I'm not going to bring discover. There's too many captains yeah, in Discovery, the new, so we'll do those stuff. four. Yeah, there's yeah. one every new every new season. Um, jeez, oh, who's the bottom? It's got to be. It's got to be Archer. Yep. Yeah, uh, I would say Archer. Um, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I might I might put Picard next. Yeah, I, I find it's believe it's believable. Yeah, I think I might go Archer, Picard, Kirk, Cisco. Oh, really? Because I find Cisco the most interesting. Yeah. Um, as a character, but I think my favorite is still Kirk. Specifically, I don't. I don't find Kirk that interesting until they get to the movies. Yeah. Um, but I think movie Kirk is my favorite Starfleet captain. Yeah, I think mine would be Archer, Picard. Cisco, well, it, yeah, it depends on what you write. I will say Archer, Picard, Cisco, Kirk would be the yeah. way that I would rate them, I think. Um, the Picard and Cisco thing is how much you value performance over what the character is supposed to be. And sure, I think Cisco's sure. character is far more interesting than Picard is, but the yeah. Stewart's performance is what defines Picard as the character. So Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, then, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Can't you just do Voyager? I know you have a gold rage, but it's a Star Trek show, and you're a Star Trek podcast. It just makes sense. It does make sense. We will be probably doing Voyager in the some fingers sense. fingers mean the money, whether David. It, the whether fingers it's the, mean the money. Whether it's the coverage that the series deserves is up to the patrons. If we get to that goal, we'll do the entire series. At least that's the idea at this point. But if not, it's just going to be a curated, quick blast through Voyager. I don't know what it's going to take to get me to do all of Voyager because it's like I don't – I enjoy doing this, but like, it's kind of like training a new dog in my mind where it's Mm -hmm. like you had a dog, having a dog is great. Then you get a new dog and it's like, let's get a puppy. And it's like, oh, puppies, that's a great. And then you're like, wait a minute. We've got a newspaper. We've got a training how to pee. Uh, We've got so much wood furniture that it's going to chew the shit out of, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like. Got a schedule to get its balls cut. yeah, Yeah. I mean, I could just get a rescue. And not have to deal with that element. I don't. I don't know exactly what the Star Trek equivalent of a rescue talk is. <laughs> yeah, rescue would just be. I don't know what that is. You come in halfway into the animated series or something. I mean, like I guess that? a curated a curated uh, uh, run through Voyager would be the rescue dog equivalent. We talk about baseball a lot. I wouldn't. I would disagree. Uh, but who are our picks to win the World Series this year? Could not tell Jesus you. Jesus Christ, I have no idea. Could not tell you. Are the no. Sox good this year? I don't, yeah, I, don't know. I, I don't think I've watched baseball consistently in, since. It's been a while. Yeah. I'm in the fantasy league time. with uh, Sean and Pat and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it's the thing you mentioned before. I'm like, hey, I've heard of 
uh, like, is Roger Clemens still playing? Like, is he possible to draft at yeah, this point? Yeah. It's like, I don't know any of these young Cuban American 20 year old pitchers who are, you know, whatever. Um, let's see here. Two weeks is nice. Oh, two a week is nice, but it's a luxury we can cope without. I am curious about people with the, the, the schedule. It's kind of irrelevant because I don't think it can change at this point. But um, you would agree, Clay, you like the one a week? It's obviously less work. But. Yeah, I think at this at this point in time, it's it's the best way to go because both of our schedules, for various reasons, are pretty tight. Um, even as it is, we're kind of uh, jumping through hoops a little bit to find a time to do this. The, um, the flexibility it gives is that it does give us more time for stuff like this. Like it, there's more mm, ancillary yeah. time to mix and match with yeah. stuff. I don't know if it's as rewarding for people, but it is uh, possible to do. Yeah. I I don't I don't really know. I think it would be more stressful to do two a week plus something like yeah. this. Whereas so, if we're just doing lot. one a week, you know, we can, you know, if we get, we got to do one episode of Star Trek and then we got to watch a movie for the other thing. And I'm, you know, it's, it, I'm not complaining because I love doing it. It's just, yeah. you know, it, it adds up eventually. It does add up. We've got like 15 shows between the two of yeah. us. And the, with the Patreon stuff, it's just that when, when we only do one Star Trek a week, the Patreon is not a rush at the end of the month because we can just sure. get it done yeah. during the week. And so yeah. it's like you can schedule them and it, it feels less. Uh, we have three days left in March and we have two movies to watch and then a Q&A or something like that. Right. It's, it's a lot to jam in at the end. Right. Do you guys like the SFX on the show? Or the little stuff like the fact they have to press a button to get the door to open. I don't notice the button pressing. We talk on a very recent episode in season three about the FX and what we think mm-hmm. of them. So I won't spoil anything other than say um, I miss the models. That's my mm-hmm. that's the point that I would say. Yeah. Generally, I, I don't really have a problem with them. Um, I think they're fine. Uh, the I think they look better than they could have. I think I've, I I never watched Babylon Five, but the clips I've seen doesn't look like this. The special effects terrible. are great in that show. Terrible. Um, so I think what they do is pretty solid overall. Um, the I'm the one running thing I'll tell you now that's going to come up a lot in season three is I have some thoughts about the Zindi and how silly they look. <laughs> the giant bug man Zindi guy. Is not my, is in, not the best looking special effect I've ever seen. You don't have to wait long. We talked about it at great lengths in the uh, the first episode coming out this week. Um, yeah, so we we do talk <clears> about the Zindi. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Neurolimal says, I think. Oh, he's talking about Archer. He's severely miscast. Whenever he tries to do angry stern, he comes off in pet- as petulant. He does, and we talk about that. I feel. I feel. I apologize that we say this a lot, but we do. We are going to get into this in the next couple episodes. Season two is the worst season. It's just flounders for an entire season. How much are you guys dreading the remix? We talk about that as well. Oh, yeah. I can't spoil. Oh, I can't spoil that. <laughs> I was not aware of that, and luckily, or not, I couldn't find the remote to click it and skip it. Um, and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, but. Always, it's always nice to talk about it the first time a song comes up, and mm-hmm. then never talk about it again. Uh, so Raven Holmes says, "What would be the single most impactful positive change that you would make to Enterprise?" Mm, full frontal nudity if they could do some kind of massage thing (laughs) that'd be good um tasteful i think i it's really just a purpose to the show i I think that good episodes will come from a purpose that the show has and the show has an energy in season three that's different Mm. and it's because it's what you were saying like the show is functional as it is it's just 
limp in terms of like there's no energy to the stuff that they were doing in the early seasons. And I even accosted or accused Brog and Berman of not caring at a certain point in certain mm-hmm. episodes. Like you get done, you're like, these people are just cashing a check, right? Like they, they don't care about this. They're just writing generic episodes that have nothing going on and are not interesting. It's the single most positive change is just to give a backbone to this mm. crew to have them do something. You know, I was thinking about that as we were talking about it. Why do you think that works? Why do you think that's necessary now when... Is it because it's a serialized story? Like, Because the original TOS is not... You know, they're, they're just fucking around out there. It's not like they're doing anything specific. Mm-hmm. And TNG, the same thing. It's not like they have a mission they're on. Yep. Is it? Is it the? Is it just the fact that they're trying to do a more serialized thing? But even like, I wouldn't necessarily call the first two seasons of this horribly serialized. It's more or less episodic. No, I just think that it's TOS was a product of its time and was the way it was. That's because that's the way the TV shows were back then. They had a ton of great sci-fi writers who wrote for the Mm -hmm. show and at least gave ideas to the show that they could take and do things with. Mm -hmm. TNG worked because it was a reboot of that, but they also realized that they can't just reboot the show. They have to do something different and make it more character-oriented than that. Like You have Mm -hmm. to change it slightly. So TNG is similar to TOS, but it's a different perspective where the characters actually matter on that show. And DS9 is a success because... It takes the idea and challenges it a little mm-hmm. bit. And so it's not just retreading it. Enterprise it, and Voyager... When it did retread it, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. Enterprise and Voyager are retreading. And we haven't gotten to Voyager, but Enterprise's first two seasons are just... We don't have an idea that makes this a different show. It's mm. set in the future, or it's set in the, the prequel era. That's enough. That's not enough. Like, there's no core thematic identity to that idea that's mm. just the time that you're existing in so the shows are very generic and i think that that's the really the difference is that every successful star trek spinoff has to do something different yeah. like conceptually with what the other shows have done in order to have enough gas to give you a season's worth of material that's why i find it so surprising because it, it feels like they did have that like it the concept was right there yeah you know if what is this what should the show be but early federation put into this situation how does it react that kind of thing but and it's not just, in a dismissive way like like on upn like you know how upn kind of has a, a genre or like a young adult kind of like thing mm-hmm. you, you can have that kind of you know that they wanted to do the crew members having relationships and sex and stuff like that and that feels very upn-y of the era but it also mm-hmm. That would definitely be a different take on Star Trek. Sure. That's, that's sure. extremely different. I don't know if it would have made it better, but it would make it interesting to watch. Yeah, I think it's it, it's really interesting to me because I think there's a definite dis- difference in stories between um, having the show be about something and having the show have something to do. And I think the first one is more important than the second one. And that's where Discovery falls off because every season of discovery is about them doing something and having something to do yep. but it's not really about anything they can claim that it is but it's really not mm-hmm. you know it's just about them solving whatever the mystery is right and that doesn't that doesn't uh generate 
that interesting of a story setup. And I think the problem with the first two seasons, Discovery, uh, sorry, Enterprise, is it doesn't have either one of those things. Yeah. Season three now has a thing to do. We'll see if if what is the show about catches up to that. Uh, Royo says, would you be willing to put on the TOS episode Omega Glory and the, the Star Trek revisits on Patreon? It's an episode that richly deserves discussion. We can. Um, I don't th- have you ever seen Omega Glory? I don't recognize it by name, but... Um, it's hard to describe is, without is he related to Omega Red? The tentacle guy or the yes. whisk guy? <laughs> Russian, <laughs> um, no. The Russian it's, tentacle monster from the X-Men? Yeah, the Omega, yeah of course, uh, the Red. Uh, it's hard to describe Omega Glory without spoiling it because it's only memorable for one thing. But it, we can. I, I saw it on the list as a potential rewatch option, um, but I didn't put it on this month's Patreon. I can next month if that becomes another winner. Um. Do you guys think we can start picking up the pace here for some of these questions? Where the hell am I? Where did it go? Where is the question? I can see it. I, I, I just I lost myself as to where. What time is it? Nine twenty. I'll go back a little bit. Um, you can answer this question, Clay. Do you guys think the old model of twenty six episodes per season is problematic, exhausting, especially for Enterprise? Um, no. I, I think it depends on what you're doing. I, th- I think, it, it, oddly enough, it it feels when, when you're into an episodic show. I don't think you feel it as much because every episode is different. But once you get into like a serialized story, it's like that's a that's a lot of time. That's why all the new shows are like ten episodes. Yeah, um, unless you're 24, when it's perfectly conceptualized yeah, to be man. exactly what you want it to I'll be. I'll tell you, 24 doesn't get enough credit for the fact that it yep. did a. Moment to moment to moment serialized show over 24 episodes. Yep. And they figured out the key to keeping it fresh was having two stories. <laughs> so halfway through the season, they solve their first problem. But in solving right. that first problem, it reveals a second bigger problem. And then they go, brilliant. Yeah. No, it's, it's tw- yeah, 24 is kind of an unfor- uh, a forgotten show in a lot of ways. But it was, it was a big thing. First season of 24. Awesome. Excellent show. Who would you recast as Archer in an ideal world? Um, mm. Like of the time or like now? I guess of the time, let's say. Of the time? That's hard. Uh, <laughs> the first, so the first what defines Archer? That, the first two names that came to mind were uh, Ray Romano and Andre Bauer, but I know that's only because they were both in the show. <laughs> Men of a certain age. age. <laughs> With Scott Bakula. Um. Well, how would you define Archer? Archer is green, positive but naive. Yeah, and optimistic. Like Bakula, kind of like Bakula should work for him. I think mm. is the funny thing. So I don't know if the writing is letting him down as much. I think you need what you really need from a Star Trek captain is he has to be able to deliver the big speech and make it feel like this guy's talking. I better listen to what the fuck this guy's saying, mm-hmm. whether it's um, Kirk going, you know, walking around defiantly saying something or Picard saying something elegantly or Cisco just screaming and spitting on somebody as, as things are happening. Those are the things that you kind of look for. Bakula can't do that. And I don't know who of the era would do that, but, but that would be my one replacement trait. I would say if you can be, um, Speak with gravitas. That's an important Star Trek captain trait to have. What about the guy from CSI? What the hell's his name? Uh, the guy from Willie, Jade? 
No, no, not David Caruso. <laughs> Did, what, wasn't he in? Wasn't he in Star Trek? Was Caruso not in Star Trek? Was he? Was he in one of the movies or something? Maybe? I don't. I sure. don't remember. Hold on a second. Let me look up what which the CSI name is the original CSI. Hmm. He was the guy from Manhunter. His name is. Come on, computer. Is anybody calling it out here? Uh, nope, not not I'm, Mark I'm, Harmon. I'm way behind in comments, unfortunately, not, just because I'm looking Gary for the questions. Sinise. His name is. Uh, the show has been on so long that the the guy William Peterson. There we go. <laughs> he should. Be, <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with the name. He should be Archer, though. Yeah, he's got kind of like a. I mean, he might be a little bit too serious, but he's he seems like a guy of that era that could could pull off the the gravitas element. Um, I you know honestly. If if it wasn't if it wasn't for the green element, I mean, a great Star Trek captain clearly, obviously, would be uh, Edward James Almost, mm-hmm. but Battlestar, yeah, yeah. Um, Norman asks, "What episode would you be willing to rewatch from the first three seasons oh. of Enterprise, if any?" Would Ted Danson work? He's an admiral to me. Yeah, he's a good guest admiral to show up. Um, yeah, I don't see Ted Danson getting angry. Seriously, I guess. I know That's he can, yeah. but I don't think so. I'll think about it and come up with a better answer. Um, I wouldn't rewatch any Enterprise. We're too soon. It's like asking me to have another kid at this point. Yeah. It's like, well, I, that's another thing I was going to ask you is like, would you, are any of these episodes something you would like, if I'm going to throw on episode of Star Trek, let's dip back into Enterprise? I mean, I'm not going No, to. if I put on like the random Star Trek channel and an Enterprise ca- one I'd seen came up, I would probably hit the skip button to go to see what the next episode to pop up would be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we're too we're too close. And it's as we mentioned before, I don't think it's a very rewatchable show, which is surprising to me because our British listeners, as Brandon Braga predicted in that oral history, British people love Enterprise for some reason. Did I, he predict that? Is that he he, he said in the that? book, he says, I don't know why, but Enterprise is huge in the UK. Everyone who comes over from the UK says they love Enterprise. Hmm. Don't know what it is. And a lot of our most ardent Enterprise fans are UK listeners. It's just kind of a weird thing. Um, Such southern skipping, charm. Skipping some, yeah. Maybe they don't. They don't get the uh, the accents. I'm introducing Star Trek to a friend by having her start with Enterprise, and she basically enjoys the show, but thinks Archer is a terrible captain. That's an interesting choice. I wouldn't start why, with that. Why would you do that? <laughs> Just to to go in timeline, I guess. Yeah, I like. I'm I'm always curious whether or not that, like people who do that with Star Wars, does that make the original stuff better? Like when you get to the good stuff, does it make the good stuff better, or is it, <laughs> or it's like because I, I think yeah. you also run the risk of like if you start with the the prequels. And you really like the prequels, and then you switch over to the original stuff. Maybe that stuff doesn't fly as much. I don't know. I would be concerned that starting off with the prequels, you'd be like, "This is awful," and then when something good comes along, it's like, well, "That was pretty good," but I still remember the prequels. Like that's your first yeah. taste of a like, show. When when you get to A New Hope, and Darth Vader shows up, you're like, "This fucking guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sucks." <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. The the other one that's interesting is I had a friend. Uh, she did this by accident, actually. But she she and her, her boyfriend were going to start watching the Marvel movies, and uh, I think I I think I may have mentioned this previously somewhere. But she, yeah, they're watching it in chronological order, right? By so accident with Marvel, yeah, 
Yeah, okay. they, she, the first two she watched were um, Captain America and mm. Captain Marvel, and I was like, no, 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 because you need to, you got to do it, you got to do it in release order, otherwise it gets a little bit kind of weird, and you know. What list would you look at that you'd be like, those are the first? That's an interesting place to they start. Have it, they like, have it that way on Disney. They do? Like it, yeah, they've got, the, they've got it broken up. You, I think they've got it broken up by phases, by release date, and also by chronological. So there's one of the things you can – it has it listed, Captain America, Captain Marvel, uh, whatever comes after that, I forget. Iron Man, I guess. Voyager is a lot better than the mentions on this podcast would make it seem. <laughs> I haven't seen Voyager in <clears> – <throat> forever um and I, I i'm fairly unfamiliar with it i tried watching i know murphy likes voyager a lot more than than most other people he really likes um janeway yep um and i tried watching the pilot a few years ago and i i just couldn't get through it because it was it was it was too much uh old era star trek with old era cgi that i just it was yep. not working for me Voyager has great episodes. Like mm-hmm. Enterprise, we haven't come across a great episode yet. Voyager does have great episodes in it where you're like, that's a potential top 20 episode. You know, like that's, that's a list maker. I actually, I actually tried watching the finale not too long. Well, at this point, it was probably a couple of years ago, uh, which is called Endgame because I saw someone mention that the Voyager finale called Endgame is shockingly similar to Avengers Endgame as far as the plot. <laughs> Because it's it's they're both about like having to go back in time and like undo something or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I finished it. I think I might have fallen asleep. Yeah. Get get. <laughs> Voyager is the show that kills the Star Trek podcasts. I know. I know it's fine, but it's a it's a tough show to. It's a fine show to have in syndication every afternoon when you come home from school. You know, mm. to actively watch it is a a different beast. I think. Do Although we, do we shoot? It's a better show than Enterprise Pound for Pound. All right. Do we shoot to the top of the uh, most respected podcasts if we make it all the way through and actually I would finish have to it? Assume. I mean, we're we're only up there, so this is like watching the prequels first. We can, we only have places. We only have down to yeah. to, is, to be gone. Is Voyager the K two of uh, Star Trek mountains? <laughs> Worst thing about Voyager is that their interesting premise that they completely ignore. Aside from that, it's TNG quality one offs. Which wrestler would you cast as a Starfleet captain? Any era is permitted. Ooh, what wrestler would I cast as a Starfleet captain? S- Stone Cold. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Starfleet captain. I don't know if that would jive so much. Um, Starfleet I cast captain. Shane McMahon is an evil admiral or something yeah, like that. Any of the McMahons would be good, good villains. <laughs> I, my first, I feel like my first call is like bret hart Mm -hmm. he seems like he would be a starfleet captain type uh i'm trying to think of somebody else who's like exceptional on the mic i mean if you if you uh, ted dibiase looks like one if you put him in the uniform (laughs) 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 i could see that i i would put are uh, we considering just looks or is it the way that they they have they talk has to be the the major thing i'm assuming yeah i just i guess that's why stone cold tickles me would just be a very hostile interaction bret hart's personality and character i think works better as a starfleet captain but i don't know if his voice really does i would put chris jericho on the ship i don't know if i'd make him the captain yeah but i think he would be security chief 
Yeah, something like that. I think he would be it, he would be a great trip. Chris yeah. Jericho would be a really good trip. There's some YouTube I watched. Um, it was like a YouTube video of Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon watching an old match that they had together. Mm-hmm. Nothing. This is not really anything to do with, but they look like they are 120 years old each. They they are they are they are old, old, old looking in this. Uh, Razor Ramon looks particularly particularly old. My my girlfriend from the other room just texted me to say Becky Lynch would be a great Starfleet captain, which I can't disagree with that. Yeah, she can replace Janeway. Um, <laughs> move on. Voyager is both good and bad. Actually, from Enterprise. Charlotte Flair would probably be a pretty good Starfleet captain. She's got the the gravitas, I think, to pull that off pretty well. Uh, let's see here. Just checking out these questions, trying to catch up. <laughs> My girlfriend also agrees with that. Uh, we talked about the 26 episode season. One week is fine. How small is the Enterprise ship? There's no turbo lift. It's true. Wait, what do they get on when they leave the bridge? That's a turbo lift, right? I don't know. I think they get on a turbo lift when they, they leave the bridge. Uh, some pretty obvious bad green screen stuff is coming up. Sweet. Can't oh, wait I for Clay's comments think... on the Zindi, particularly the water ones. He doesn't like the bug ones. He's okay with the water. <laughs> I was just surprised by the water ones more than, because it's like everybody's hanging out at the table and then they yeah. pan over and Abe Sapien's there womp, as well. Womp, 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 womp. I agree. Uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Are you running out west? Are you going to say full frontal nudio? Do it in your Burman voice. Idle chatter. Uh are there plot lines introduced in the first or second seasons, Troy asked, that either of you, uh, that you either are pleased were dropped or annoyed to have seemingly dropped? This feels like it's a leading question um, because I think we talk about it a bit that the sudden dropping, or did we talk about it at the end of season two? The, basically, the, time, about future the, guy? War, the future guy. Yeah. yeah, future guy is the season two thing. So we talked about that and it's come out at this point. We, You, you seemed... Um, you were surprised that that's the last appearance of Future Guy, which makes sense. Um, that just didn't have anything. That didn't have enough gas for me to keep it going. So I'm not really disappointed that it annoyed. Yeah. Um, anything that dropped? A lot the, of it is just uh, I wish they would continue, but it was better. Like I wish the Vulcan mm-hmm. stuff was better. I wish the Andorian stuff was better. I wish the focus on founding the Federation was a little bit more clear. But it, it's there. It's just badly executed. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Do the Andorians come back? They do. They do. Okay. Well, yeah. Season that, four focuses on this kind of stuff oh, again. It does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd say the Andorians are, and the Andorian and Vulcan stuff is probably the most interesting plot line that they've sort of not really done anything with. Uh, the Time Cop stuff, I think, had potential, but you know, whatever. I, I was. I'm not. I'm not sad that they dropped it as much as i am surprised to learn that they never bring it back at all like there's not yeah. even like a, a, a tie-up at the end of the show or something yeah um like they don't even like pull back to reveal it was archer the whole time and he says and that's how i met your mother you probably addressed this but don't uh, don't you find the zindi arc promises space opera and does it excite you what's the definition of space opera i use it and i don't think i understand what it means uh properly it's just like I Let me Google it. I've always I've always thought it to mean that it's sci it's a science fiction story, but it's not really a hard sci fi story. Space like opera is a subgenre that emphasizes warfare, melodramatic adventure, interplanetary battles, and romance. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like, a fantasy version of sci fi. Yeah, it's got spaceships and stuff, but it's not exactly like 
keyed into the specifics of sci-fi. Mm, I don't like space opera. I don't think <laughs> that sounds I, you know, Star Warsy. Yeah, I I feel like we had this discussion when we started doing Star Wars, and that's how you came out. What side you came out on then? Yeah, I, I that seems more fantasy to me, and I think I remember from that discussion. There's no reason that I should not just accept fantasy as equal in sci-fi when they're mm-hmm. both made up things. But I respect, I respect sci-fi at least occasionally trying to be like, trying to explain something. You know, mm-hmm. like I, it's, there's nothing against fantasy, but I have a very hard time, even more so with uh, Star Wars with like Lord of the Rings. I have a real hard time with those movies. Sure. I can't, I can't make it through elves and warriors talking to each other about rings and shit. Um, it's hard. Like I've, I've always. I've never read it, but I I always assumed Dune was more space opera than sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. Especially I would I would classify like that based on the movie and what I know from the board and game and stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, thank you, Matt Ross, for the Voyager Fund. Very kind and Mercer. They kind of bring back Future Guy later. <laughs> they mention him. I think he doesn't have an appearance. He's not on screen <laughs> at hope, any point. I hope they mention him in a, in a quiet scene with Trip and Archer. Where they're kind of eating lunch, and then Archer just goes, "Who the hell was that future?" <laughs> I imagine at the end of an episode before it just cuts to black, he's like, "Remember that future guy?" And then just yeah, just <laughs> wah, 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 wah. how much of the show would improve if they had color? I love Enterprise, but Brute and Gray is always depressing. We talk about this in the upcoming episodes where they add some buttons that have color to the Enterprise, and we both approve of that. <laughs> Space opera is like if it was Star Wars, but all the lightsaber battles were ship battles and generals making hard choices. It sounds a little bit better, but still, you're not really. I mean, Battlestar is space opera at that point. Yeah, I, I would. I would still say Star Wars is space opera. Uh, Mass Effect is both hard sci-fi and yeah, I, I can see you can. It could be both. I don't mind space opera. I don't think, but it like, I just I would prefer. I like my sci-fi to be more, not that it can't be, but British. I prefer the, the, yeah, the philosophical approach to sci-fi. I like, I like sci-fi being an allegory for something. And mm. you can do that in war storylines, but if the war thing is the major thing, it just, yeah, whatever. Um, are you going to finish off Star Wars or is it more fun doing a tax return? I'm not going to fucking Man. watch Solo again. Yeah, we just got kneecapped by Solo. <laughs> All three, we had it lined up to do it. And then Dave, unfortunately, had to postpone, and we just, like, it was just took the air out of the entire room. <laughs> we, well, enough time had passed where we would have to rewatch it right. again. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, we'll do it tomorrow instead of today. It's I, like, I can't remember the movie, and now we'd have to rewatch it, and I remember hating it. I feel like we could move on and do Rise of Skywalker and give some passing lip service to Solo. <laughs> I don't think it would have been an hour and a half of us all talking about how much we hated it. So Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker yet, so maybe it's, that maybe uh, that is what we do. It's a very silly movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dune is religious in tone. Do, do, do people people nitpicking about Lord of the Rings? Don't care for that. I don't care about the Shire. <laughs> Loves Lord of the Rings. Um, Bridge gets blue carpet in season four. Well, very exciting. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Not making fun of the comment, but I am. Uh, it is uh, enterprise to take the small things, I guess, when they come. Looking forward to the new Dune film. I am too, I guess. I've been playing the board game with 
Dave and those guys. And I think it's clarifying the movie for me in mm-hmm. some ways. Like the, the board game is a better explainer of what's going on in the movie than the movie is or the books or whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for... I think that new movie is probably going to be really good. Uh, I, it, who's the director? It's the, the Spanish the, guy, right? Yeah, he the did guy Arrival. who did Arrival and Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, Arrival, who, Arrival's fantastic. So. Yeah, he makes great movies. I still can't believe that he made a Blade Runner movie that performed at the box office like a Blade Runner movie, which means mm-hmm. it didn't make any money. And then they were like, let's give him an even more difficult property that nobody's going to show up to see. And they let him do Dune. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be great. I kind of think if I had been Warner Brothers, I know I know it makes everybody mad, the people who make these movies, but if I was Warner Brothers, I'd be like, let's just put this shit out on TV. Because yeah. if you put that out on TV, then you can complain about not getting the chance. But you wait and you put that out in theaters and nobody shows up. I don't know. And I heard, I've heard that the Dune movie is only half of the book. The intention is to make two of them. Mm. And if the is first, there only one Dune book? How no, many books like, are there? There's like twenty five of them. Oh, okay, but yeah, it's like okay. it's only half of the first Dune. The first book. book. And if the intention is to put it out, hope that it does well, and then make the second one. I don't know, man. I mm. I hope I'm wrong, but I cannot see a mass market box office hit of fucking Dune. It's too complicated. It's just, it's not, I don't even know how you get it. Like you, I assume you have to read the books to get into Dune. Do our friends who are in it, did they read the books? Did they just oh, yeah. watch the movie and were like, yeah, the movie is no, all yeah, you they, need. They all read the book. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That movie was so bad. Uh, and to answer the question, the board game is based on the book, I assume, uh, because there's some kind of clarity to what's going on. Oh, or at sure, least I, sure. I understand the the factions and how they relate to each other. Um, Arrival was so boring. Oh, oh no. We're getting, people are getting punchy out there this late hour. The Star, <laughs> Star Trek fans thought Arrival was boring? <laughs> Come on, man. Um, I agree with West. Dune is very complicated. It is a very complicated plot. Um any other questions here? I'm down at the bottom of the comments. I guess we can start wrapping up because it's been pretty long. Um, Enterprise continues coming out once a week. Patreon this month is... Uh, what the fuck are we doing? We're doing the, uh, the Ultimate Computer and mm-hmm. Iron Man and Iron Friday Man. the 13th 3D. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. That's going to be fun. And I think that's that's pretty much it. Patreon.com slash the Penske Valve if you guys want to support the show. Thank you for all the super chats who showed up. Thanks, everyone, to coming yeah, out for this. Yeah, thank you, guys. And uh, you can look forward. We have a couple episodes in the can about the Enterprise episodes coming up. I'm changing the thumbnails on YouTube, so apologies if that upsets you, but I just I had to do something a little bit more interesting with Photoshop than what I was doing, so they're going to be different. So you can look for that on Thursday. Um, Clay, have anything you want to say? Uh, no, we've got new Rotten Horror coming out next week with uh cabin in the woods which i'm now only now getting right after constantly saying cabin fever every time it comes up (laughs) uh we're not doing cabin fever but cabin in the woods comes out next week which is a fun one to do and yeah we'll have friday the 13th part three i've been playing the video game a lot so i feel like you on playstation yeah yeah i've just been like living at camp crystal lake for the past three months and i have to say i the, honestly, the video game is making me have more affection for the movies than the movies themselves did. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's just the, you know, you get all the different Jasons in one place, which is really what you're coming to see anyway. And you get to actually play inside the world, which is fun. And you're not reliant on, uh, 
bad writing. <laughs> I did like <laughs> I did like your point in the uh, one of the podcasts. This is a tease for the Patreon thing. Um, you had mentioned that when you are killed in Friday the 13th in video game, you get to sort of watch other players mm-hmm. from the camera, like a third-person yes. perspective. Mm-hmm. And it is, I, I hadn't never really thought about that, though, but it is a very, because that's always existed in like Call of Duty and stuff like that, but it's much more appropriate for a horror movie where yeah. you're like, yeah. don't fucking go in there, like just yeah. yelling at the screen. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's 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 been really fun because if you're playing like a fun game and you end up getting killed like fairly early, you can still watch and, and everybody's doing stuff and, you know, the music is going and you're watching people sneaking around and stuff. And if they go the wrong way or they step in a trap or something, you're like, oh, God yeah. damn it. <laughs> He's right behind you, you know, which is yeah. I never do that at the movies. Like I've never done that at a movie before. But to, so to actually do that at the game, I assume it's because there's a person actively yeah. making decisions involved. You but, you uh, as well. You're you're making decisions in, yeah. in that way. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's. um. I miss video games. I haven't been able to play video games as much, but I've just been thinking like in the future, uh, movies and video games are going to connect with each other. Like they're going to be indistinguishable from each other. I think Um, movies will be an interactive experience. I think. Yeah. At a a point far in the future. But when this, when it comes to pass, it'll be some sort of virtual reality. You experience the story by being in it and it feels authentic to you. Mm-hmm. I seem that I, I just feel that's the way. Just because of what you were talking about Friday the 13th, it, you feel more invested if you have even minimal impact into something right, that you're right. watching. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's interesting because they keep trying to, to bridge those two things together. And I don't think they totally realize how different the experiences are. Yeah. Because I think that's why video, I mean, I think we've talked about this too early. Online. I mean, it's too early in the tech yeah. anyway, but yeah. I know but what you like, mean. The reason why video game movies never really work is because the entire thing about video games is it's an interactive experience, yeah. right? That's it's why like, the stories in video games can be bad because right, there's something yeah. else to do besides yeah. that. Yeah, you're, you're not you're not going to the video game to to have your socks blown off by quality yeah. writing or something, yeah. you know. Um, and the movies movies are a very passive experience. So to take something that is inherently interactive and make it a passive experience, that's why it doesn't connect like why why go see the assassin's creed movie when i can play the game at my house unless they right. do something unless they do something new and different with it which is usually the only time those work and then when they did doom and the last sequence was like in the pov of the first person shooter yes yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's pretty much all that they can do yeah they it's it's weird because like they, i think there's still if if they had a comic uh video game movie that had just like a killer story i think it could work but they generally don't because no. they tend to be hamstrung by the stories from the video games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should we should do the Final Fantasy one. It's like a Patreon Spirits Within or whatever. I haven't seen oh, that. Oh yeah. I, well, uh, Final Fantasy Seven is for free on PlayStation this month, and yes. I've never played that before, so I just downloaded that. So I yep. might give that a play. I just I it, I bought it two months ago, and I haven't played it. And then it comes out on this for free, and it's like why 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 yeah, bother? It's this frustrating. Is, this is yeah. The most annoying thing. Um, but yeah, that would be <laughs> that movie. I I would be curious to. I didn't see it at the time because even at the time it looked terrible, terrible. Uh, so I can only imagine what it's it that like Dead now. Eyes era of CGI yeah. where it's just like androids are staring back at you. Isn't it weird that they've nailed the eyes, but now like it's the mouths and stuff mouths, that look mouths weird. Are tough, yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's strange. But they've they've yeah they've killed they've really nailed the eyes. That's it. 
guys, we're done. I'll let you all go. Time for bed. Final Fantasy VI would be a good movie. Uh, and someone's on the Discord. I got too many notifications popping up. People trying to snag my attention. Thank you very much, guys. There's a whole bunch of Patreon stuff coming. Enterprise is coming. We're excited about Enterprise Season 3. Uh, we've got a couple episodes coming out for that. We've been interested in the episodes we've seen so far. Thanks for watching our coverage of Season 2. All this stuff. And we'll be back with more Rotten Horror. Badass will come back at some point and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash the Thanks very much. See ya later. Mm-hmm.